Hello, Ben Smith here. Welcome to SMS Text News podcast number nine, recorded on Friday. Ewan's away this week, travelling to his desert island, so with SMS Text News Towers out of action, Dan Lane stepped in again to provide his excellent podcast by phone recording expertise. We particularly enjoyed his smooth jazz hold music, so we're sharing it with you now. However, before we begin the podcast properly, just wanted to share some news that arrived too late for us to discuss it during the podcast. Ricky from Blickwatch has been in touch to let us know that Blick have finally resolved the multiple SMS and other technical gremlins which have made the service painful to use for almost a month. It's excellent news and not a day too soon. Look out for Ricky's write-up later this week. Anyways, on with the podcast. Please hold. You're listening to the SMS Text News Podcast. Here's the way it is. Live from London. Okay, hello and welcome to the uh, SMS Text News Podcast number nine. My name's Ben Smith. I'm James Watley. And I'm Dan Lane. Grand, and we will be here uh, piloting the Good Ship SMS Text News Podcast in Ewan's absence while he prepares to go off to his desert island. Um, so, we'd best crack on, I suppose. Um, first things first, uh, James, you had a big Spinvox launch this week. Yeah, um wow. <laughs> Sorry. I I'm not uh, I'm not up to my usual levels of excitement this week. Uh the beginning of the week I was. Um but yeah, I've been working on this project for about 2 months now. I don't I know in the last podcast I mentioned that I was working on something with MTV. And basically uh stand by what you say is the new um corporate kind of social media responsibility program that we put together about I, I know that um, Ewan did a, a link to this on the uh, on the on SMS Text News, and I've written a blog post on blog.spinbox.com. But it's been an amazing journey. Literally, the past two months, um, my boss approached me and said, "Look, I want you to meet the head of the Staying Alive Foundation, which is uh, MTV's um, charity that they set up to raise awareness around HIV and AIDS across the world." Right? Uh, he said, "I want you to meet her." just to wrap your social media brain, as it were, around the notion of giving and of charity. And um, literally one meeting led to another, and the next thing we know, we're heading out this massive campaign called Stand By What You Say, where people all over the world can phone in anonymously and talk about sex, sexual issues. Because the big stigma, really, is people not being able to talk about it. Uh, there's, a, there's a really kind of there's a bug in society, if you will, that uh, people find it difficult to talk about sex. So if you monitored my Twitter a couple of weeks ago, I started asking questions like, when did you last buy a pack of condoms? And you know, do you practice safe sex? And some people cottoned on to it. And uh, Bina Roberts deserves a shout, actually, because she, uh, she called it straight away. She's like, is Spinbox doing something with MTV? Well, she didn't get MTV, but she said, are you doing something about sex and AIDS? And I was like, yes. Um, but yeah, it's launched, standbywhatyousay.com. Um, and we've got Kelly Rowland, who's the ambassador for the charity. She's there supporting it. And also... Spinvox has agreed to donation match um, up to fifty thousand dollars, which is a uh, which is quite an astonishing thing, I think personally. Yeah, that, that's that's very um, that's very generous, and it, it sounds from like what you're saying that MTV really see the Spinvox technology as as a sort of an important way to allow people to to sort of participate in this campaign. Well, the, the great thing is, so the notion of giving your voice to a cause, you know, speaking up about something. Um, when you know we're speaking right now it's being captured for the podcast right so but when but you're in the pub and you say you know i really believe in this cause i really believe in this action that's it your, your voice has disappeared into the ether and it's gone however obviously spinbox captures what you say um, and puts it on the standbywhatyousay.com website and um and then you can literally stand by what you say so you give voice to this cause and you can you come along and you see it and by 
um, and you can donate from the website, and you can, and that is literally standing by what you say. You know what I mean? I, I'm saying I'm going to do something, and it's captured. I can see it, so I'm actually going to follow through, and you know, to my beliefs, as it were. You know, uh, courage of my convictions. Excellent. Um, and this thing, and this this foundation. Just tell us the name again. The Staying Alive Foundation um, is, is the charity set up by MTV, um, and basically they support communities and young people around the world in protecting themselves and their communities against HIV and AIDS. Um, so we've got. <laughs> I'm so tired. So the big thing about this, right, is I've been working on this for two months. And I know I've kind of half mentioned it to you guys kind of offline, as it were. Um, but my job at Spinbox kind of <laughs> goes against what I do to be quiet about something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Being able to finally talk about this is a, is a huge relief and a, and a massive escape, as it were. But, um, but yeah, standbywhichday.com. Go there now and have a look. Or actually, better still, go to blog.spinbox.com and read the latest post because it's me talking about it and telling you exactly how it works. And what to do next? And I put loads of fun pictures on the uh, on the Flickr site of mobsters with condoms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed I noticed those. In fact, I think I, I noticed those before I read the post, and I wasn't completely aware of what was going on. But I just assu- I just assumed it was uh, a follow-up continuation in your series of mobsters climbing into fridges and various other pictures <laughs> that occasionally pop up. I do like the Spinbox mobsters. They do make me laugh a lot. It's a it's a great kind of. Um, Oh, what's it called? It's, good. it's a great little piece of machinery. Not machinery, but it's a great thing. Do you know what I mean? I can. I mean, it's I'm a, good, a big fan a, of taking. It's a good bit of marketing because everyone wants one. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm a big fan of taking um, the online stuff offline. You know, making digital tangible. Um, oh, incidentally, actually, um, so the themes on the website change each week. Stand by what you say. Um, so this this week it's um, let's talk about sex secrets. So if you go there, you can read about it now. Um, but this will probably go out on Monday, right? We record this on a Friday afternoon, guys, if you're listening. Uh, this will go out on Monday, um, and so the theme will probably change. But the best theme of the week, so the best comment, because um, obviously when you donate, you tick a box which says you can, you give your details over, and if you give your details over, you get entered into a draw, and if you get entered into a draw, you can win a special edition spin box speech mobster, which comes with a pack of condoms and a limited edition stand by what you say badge. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Fantastic. Incentive enough. To make <laughs> exactly. And as I said, the pictures on the website, you can see the, uh, well, you can see the limited edition mobster there. So. Good, good stuff. So from something James is passionate about to something Dan's passionate about, the, uh, <laughs> well, sort of passionate about, the, the, the iPhone uh, 3G launched this week. Uh, Steve Jobs stood up in front of WWDC in Moscow Center and announced the widely anticipated iPhone 3G. And it's an earth-shattering piece of news, isn't it, Dan? Uh, no, <laughs> no is the short answer. I, I mean, we were all very, uh, very pleased when Steve stood up there and announced the original iPhone, and um, and you know we've all since used one and, and owned them, and we were looking for maybe the next big thing. But really, what what's been announced is is sort of an evolution rather than revolution. Um, we're looking yeah. at, at what what should have been the original iPhone, really. Yeah, although I like the way I have to say I I, I wasn't completely on board with those kind of statements that are being made because I like the way that the technology Apple's technology generally tends to get announced when it's ready for the consumer market and I think 12 months ago or so GPS and some of the some of the features of the iPhone the 3G wouldn't have necessarily been consumer ready. You know, we've only really seen Nokia putting them in some of their high-end devices in the intervening time themselves. 
Yeah, that's true. I mean, you, you also have to remember that Apple are an American company, and the American mobile industry is very much lagging behind that of the uh, the European industry. Yes. Well, um, we, so I, 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 to be contrary, I should probably say, no, no, it's leading the way in certain areas, <laughs> but I, I can't think of any off the top of my head, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they sort of led the way with, with data for a bit, but I mean... The stuff that's going on over here now is, just, is way ahead of that. Um, so, my, so my take on this, Dan, was that the, yeah, the iPhone was an incremental change, you know, and good. I mean, it's it, it's a nice it's a nice device, obviously, to lay our hands on it. But you know, the, the features are generally improving in most areas. But actually, the important stuff that was announced was not the hardware at all, but it was all the software services, the App Store, exactly. and Mobile Me that was far more ground, you know, far more earth-shattering in terms of its impact because it's actually going to change the way that consumers think about buying a phone with a suite of services behind it. Exactly. Um, back when we were talking about Zib being bought, uh, we talked about, or, or I certainly talked about, how I would love to see a handset being bought from a shop, take it home, and it automatically syncs all of my uh, all of my contacts with my computer and so on. And I think, at least for Mac owners, um, they're, they're about to get that. Well, the, but Windows owners too, because, of course, MobileMe has a synchronization tool that fits into Outlook and the Windows things as well, so you don't need to be a Mac owner to use it, which is a revelation no, in itself. I'll reserve judgment on that until I've seen it. Apple's Windows software has tended in the past to be a bit on the uh, the flaky side but hopefully they'll have uh, they'll have sorted it out this time yes i mean i think that the thing is actually that the community of windows using iphone owners is likely at this point to be larger than mac owning uh, iphone users so they're going to need to get that nailed if they want to make those sales because yep. today yep. i'm you know the the other services they've run have always been exclusively for mac owners haven't they you know dot mac was never available for windows in a meaningful way no yeah that's that's uh what do you, as, as 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 somebody who works in a firm that you know writes software for mobiles, what do you make of the application store? Um, I like it. I think um, as far as its main competitor, which would have probably be um, sort of a combination of Symbian and something like uh, Handango or one of the other app stores, um, you know, you're looking at um, a way of basically delivering these applications to the handset. Without any any intervention from the user um, in terms of having to use a computer, um, I know that Nokia has the uh, their downloads um, application. But have you have you seen have you have you tried to use that recently? Um, uh, I I I, uh, I had a NDN82. I did the OV ruse on quite recently from um, the the blogger relations team, uh, One World, and uh, I got a few apps that way. Um, it was it was it was reasonably easy to use, but. Um, the, was that on a was that on a sim free handset? Uh, yes, that was that was on a that was on yeah. a unbranded N eighty two, and I used uh, my three sim in there. I don't know how it would look on a uh, like it's on an, op on an operator branded handset. Yeah, I find I find that um, of the of the few operator uh, branded handsets I've used, the um, Nokia download stuff has been has been quite limited. Yeah. Well, the thing I noticed as well is that although it does give you a bit of a, a bit of a spiel at some point during the process, the actual catalogue itself just looks like a page of icons, and you know there's a lot of speculative clicking around and stuff. And although we haven't seen what the application store is going to look like, you know, sort of up close and personal, I imagine if it's anything like the iTunes Music Store, that's where Apple will get it right. And you know there'll be lots of information, and you'll discover interesting things there as well as going out to look for things you already know about. Yeah, it looks like they've actually taken the approach of the uh, existing third-party installer app and uh, sort of expanded on that. So it's looking like it's going to be quite a uh, quite a, an easy-to-use uh, interface. Um, one of the other things that struck me as being 
quite exciting about the uh, the new iPhone stuff is the notification service they're running. There's been a lot of negative talk about how it's all going to be controlled by Apple and can Apple guarantee that it stays up. And if they can get that right, I think it's going to be quite good because the reason it's there is so that you don't have to run all these applications in the background. And one of the biggest problems I have with uh, Series 60 is having to leave things like IM clients open in the background, which really does kill the battery. Yes, um, I mean, I agreed. And for IM clients, that's a really good example of where some kind of unified push notification mechanism is going to work. And if Apple are building it for mobile me and and potentially the millions of users who are going to rely on that, it's going to need to be pretty scalable. The, the, The thought I had was, though, that what about the applications that don't exist on a purely notification basis? I'm thinking about, for example, Shouzu on um on the uh, on Series 60, which is one of my favourite Series 60 applications, it jumps in after you've, well, if you let it, it jumps in after having taken a picture and then offers to, to upload it or, or do a ver- variety of other things with it. And I'm thinking that that's not really a, a notification-based service, and it does require some kind of either hook into um, the existing sort of API that grabs the picture, or it requires some kind of background monitoring process to observe the um, the picture being created. So, you know, how are th- how are people like going to develop services like that? Yeah, I mean, the in, the, the experience of using Shouzu on the iPhone may not end up being as as nice as it is on on Series 60. Mm. Uh, but I mean, it, it shouldn't be too hard to add in, say, a button that just says "upload this to Shouzu." Not quite the same thing, but it'll still get the end result. There is actually a, a third-party app that's uh, that I was told about today, but haven't had a chance to try it. Um, I think it's called Pusher, um, which uh, is a is a current jailbroken iPhone application that's being rewritten for the App Store with geo geotagging and so on. Hello, a second. Sorry, I'm back. Uh, I just, sorry, I've been listening away. I just had to put my phone on mute because I, I was just leaving the Spinbox office. <laughs> sorry, guys. I just thought I'd let you know that I am here and I'm not quiet, and uh, I'm just letting you all chat about your stupid iPhone ness. Right, this is James Wiley doing a mobile podcast while truly mobile. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm literally about to get in the car and start heading down the M4. It's one of those bits that we can say we're going to cut out, but then we don't, isn't it? No, no, but, don't go. But um, <laughs> I'm going to put you back onto mute so you well, don't get the background noise. But well, James, I, if I've got something to say, I'll jump back in. All right? Fair enough. Well, I was That's awfully you, kind of you. Yeah, well, I was going to, offer right. ch- going to offer you the chance to jump in and talk about the iPhone, but since it'll only be guff, uninformed rubbish, yeah, I'm <laughs> that, I, I might just carry on Well, that. no, what's, what's the name of it, by the way? Is it iPhone 3... Oh, bloody hell, what's that noise? The iPhone 3G? Is it iPhone 2.0? <laughs> it's, the iPhone, it's the iPhone 3G. Yep. It's, it's the iPhone 3G. 3G. So, so the, the, okay. only, the only other thing then that I thought I would be worth mentioning was um, in, in the States, people are getting pretty agitated about the, um, the tariffs that AT&T are offering with this device. They seem, you know, seem slightly less generous than last time around. There's some missing elements of the bundle, and the data tariff appears to have gone up in cost. So people are saying that this uh, talk, talk, of it, talk of it being cheaper is... Um, uh, you know, false because the tariff the tariff is higher. But I actually think maybe O2 in the UK deserve a bit of credit for maintaining the maintaining the bundle prices and the and the unlimited data, um, and actually adding um, free BT Open Zone Wi-Fi in as well. And as far as I know, they're the only operators anywhere that have the iPhone that offer any kind of bundled Wi-Fi from a commercial hotspot, let alone two ma- massive providers. Yeah, the um, the US stuff is is basically down to. Um AT&T saying that um, you need to add on a 3G extra, as it were. So that adds another $10 to the price. Whereas in the UK, we're quite lucky that O2 have basically said it's un- unlimited data. I haven't seen the terms and conditions yet to see what unlimited actually means. I think I think they I think at the moment they say unlimited is 
was it 200 or 500 meg? But it, it wasn't the most generous. Not, but not it was, a huge amount. But if it's a case yeah. of, you know, we're not actually going to charge any more for it, we're just covering ourselves, and in the future we may call up on the uh, on the serious offenders. I, I remember it being fair use, so of course I assume yeah. that's only uh, to protect against a persistent, you know, overuse. Well, that's good. Um, but the thing is, um, O2's 3G coverage, it's, it's not great. Um, and that's m the main reason why they've gone the extra mile and they've put together the um, this Wi-Fi package and, and you said that's they're one of the few uh, iPhone providers to do that and I think that's the main reason is to to kind of hide their shoddy 3G coverage. Um, I was chatting to um, someone from one of the major operators not O2 who was telling me about how they uh, how O2 are having trouble with uh, they 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 nearly got into trouble for uh, for not actually meeting their minimum requirements for having rolled it out, um, and that there's a theory that maybe they just turned up the power on some of their more remote transmitters to get more range on them, um, oh. and that they're having trouble getting a, uh, a cell site sharing agreement with the other networks because they're already doing cell, sh cell site sharing with each other. That's easy for you to say, isn't it? <laughs> cell site sharing. Cell site sharing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think I was party to that conversation as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it does sound dodgy. It seems to have been a bit of an open secret, doesn't it? So, anyway, let, let's not labour the iPhone, but generally we're, we're giving it a sort of a, 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 a B plus, are we, really? You know, it's yeah. It's good, but not wow. Yes, I'll, yes, I'll be upgrading, um, but, but there's a big part of that is that my girlfriend wants me to hand her my old iPhone. So. Yeah, I see. Well, I, I'm interested to see actually what the pay-as-you-go price is going to be on O2. Again, one of the few operators who's going to offer it on a pay-as-you-go basis. Uh, I think there's some pricing that's come out of Italy that says it's going to be sort of four, five hundred euros, depending which version you get. Interesting to see what that looks like in pounds. So uh, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, okay, so we should move on then because I, I could talk about it all day, but James probably yeah, dropped off to sleep at this point. <laughs> let's let's not go on. I'm still here. I'm still here. Okay. Well, uh, are you are you fit to talk about your mobile? Web Web summit then, James. Uh, yeah, well, the mobile web, t the mobile web two summit. Yeah, I was there for a day and a half. Um, I was kind of half there on Streambox duty and half on blogging duty. Um, you'll have to excuse me if I can start cutting out. Let me know because I'm going through a dodgy network area of Marlow. I can't believe there's anywhere in the UK that's a dodgy network area on Vodafone, given the price, James. You, you <laughs> clearly, <laughs> you clearly haven't been to Marlow. Um, but the uh, Web2 Summit, actually really, really good. Um, and I don't mean to sound so surprised, because often you go to these conferences and it's the same people talking about the same things, going, oh, all the networks are evil and we're never going to get anywhere and is this the year of the mobile, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So who, um, who was this summit pitched at, James? Because I, have to, I, didn't hit, I haven't heard anything about it until you uh, said, mentioned it earlier. No, no. Um, it was well. I, I tweeted enough about it. In fact, some, a lot of people had to go at me <laughs> tweeting quite a lot. I, I, um, I, I turn you off when you when you start chatting too much. To be honest, <laughs> um, don't. We'll start turning off the podcast. <laughs> um, but no, uh, it was kind of industry stuff. But it was a really diverse group of people. So you had usual folks um, there, but people like Flutomatic they're talking as well, and their panel sessions. Alfie from Mobug was there. Um, Tarek was there, and you know, just um, a lot of people just talking about mobile web. What does it mean? Where's it going? Where's it been? And what does the future look like? And how is it? How is it easy? And the thing is, there's a lot of these companies that happen. I remember I went to my first one, the Future of Mobile, last year, and I wasn't a massive fan. It was okay, but it wasn't brilliant. Um, and the thing is, because there was no new blood, and this year was well, not this year, but this conference was different because I just felt like there's a, a better, a larger diversity of people from a larger 
kind of space, talking about different things in, in new ways. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, there was some new blood in the space. So, so can you just sort of can you just highlight like a few of the the, the key things that were really good for you then that you discussed? To be honest, it was nothing major. I mean, I I, I blogged. Um, I was blogging on the day uh, at mwsblog.com. So remember what I'm blog.com, mwsblog.com. Um, and it was just the content, and without sounding too uh, silly, the content and the richness of the stuff that was coming out from the people on the stage. I mean, the only guy who really got booed and was rubbish was the guy from Yahoo. Really. And he just basically rocked up, rocked up and pitched. And you're like, well, a you Yahoo, you shouldn't really pitch. And B, what you're pitching, Yahoo, is rubbish. Yes. <laughs> so, so they were, they were not... pitching. Were there people from Microsoft in the audience? <laughs> <laughs> Touche. So, um, I think it... Go on. Well, I was just going to say, in, in that case then, I mean, it, you were saying obviously Yahoo turned up and, and pitched. Any any other sort of products or people or ideas worthy of a, a mention? Um, Akiaka, which is the, uh, the German mobile social network, something I had no idea about, but it was actually massive apparently. Um, that's A K I A K A, I think Akiaka, um, which there was a general, general short talk about when we heard it, but actually turned out to be quite cool. Um, and there was a couple of other things as well, but I mean, this is a few days ago. And my brain's melting from this week's activities. But okay. I would recommend having a look at the uh, mwsblog.com because that's where all the content from the day was put up. Excellent. And while while we've got you off mute, hearing down the motorway, um, did you want to just quickly <laughs> quickly mention your your first panel? As well, which I, I've got there. yesterday. Yeah. Um, so uh, Fleischmann Hillard, who but the world's largest PR company, um, got together with Harris Interactive, who do um, surveys, and research, and basically looked into digital influence. And they looked into to see how much television, radio, um, and internet, for instance, influence people's decision-making processes. So you know, of 100% of people who booked a holiday last year, 40% of them went online and helped, you know, use the internet to help them make their decision. And that remaining 60% is divided up between TV, radio, magazines, and traditional print slash newspapers. And it was just um, kind of the research into that area and how, you know, how, how more and more people these days are using the internet to, you know, allowing the internet to influence their decisions on what they do. Uh, and I was up on they so they presented their findings and then there was a few open there was a few questions from the floor and then they called up onto the panel myself um, Helen Keegan from Beat Marketing and a guy called uh, Fleming Walsh I think his name was from um, Analytics and we you know we all had different questions to answer answer and um, the question aimed at me was about how social influence for instance so, you know you use the internet to influence decisions but not necessarily from the brand's websites. Normally, you go online to find out on forums. For instance, you know people read SMS text news because they want to find the opinions on on what's good and what's you know what's not good. And uh, yeah, so I was I was kind of drawn out as the uh, the blogging the blogging face. So, so J- James Watley stood in front of a room of people as an influencer now, are you? <laughs> no, no, I was asked as a blogger. They because they you know they said to me, um, uh, you know, are you sick and tired of people PR pitching at you? And I. I literally, I, I, my opening gambit to these guys was, look, there is, and I, this is a firm belief of mine. I don't, I don't say it enough. Um, there, I, I genuinely believe there is a, an untapped resource in the blogosphere of talented people who know their stuff. Um, I was fortunate enough to get picked up by Refresh Mobile, who hired me, and from there I went into do, you know, do good. I'm doing great things at Spinbox. Um, and there are other bloggers out there who really know their stuff and who would work hard. 
and people are like, oh, you know, where do we find these people? Like, well, it's in the blogosphere. Just look, go get them, hire them. You know, a lot of them don't have day, you know, a lot of them have really rubbish day jobs or don't have day jobs, and literally the blogging thing is what they do at night when when they've got no, you know, in their spare time. That's right. The, the bloggers are full yeah. of unhappy employed people or happy unemployed <laughs> people. <laughs> yeah. Would, would you, you know, do you agree with that? Is that a fair statement or not? Well, I mean, being employed, I wouldn't say I was unhappy at my day job, but I would be, yeah, I'd be more than happy to participate in, you know, uh, in, in uh, research that firms are doing. And I think that's telling, you know, that whenever we, whenever SMS text news, whenever we get an invite to go to a forum or a panel or something like that, you know, we we nearly always try and say yes or you know pass it around between us because yeah. this is, I mean, it, it's not just beneficial for the company, but you get to learn a bit about what's going on and all the network of people I've got to meet through, you know, the drinks that we're going to talk about in a minute and. All the other forums you know it, it's valuable for me as well because it opens my eyes to stuff i'm not aware of and, and what was great i mean especially i mean both events this week really mobile web, the mobile web 2 summit and the um and the digital index digital influencer index um which is what it was called by the way um i'll give you the links and stuff in an email later so you can put it up on the post um yep. The diversity of people—that's what really interested me. So, you know, at the panel session, we had people from BMW, we had people from you know large pharmacies, you know, who different brands, not brands like Nokia or Sony Ericsson, who you know who are trying and getting it, you know, getting it right to some extent. Yeah. But people who actually have no experience in this space at all and don't know how to engage in in the blogosphere at all. And you're like, well, look, you don't have to engage. First of all, just listen. You know, just set up some Google alerts, find out what people are saying about your product, what about, what they're saying about your brand. Um, you know. And this, and, you know, to people like you and me, this stuff is second nature. It just makes sense. But uh, there's a lot of big, big traditional brands who have no idea about this thing. And it was it was kind of really eye-opening. One of the questions from the floor was like, well, if we're going to hire bloggers, it would surely, you know, an astroturfing sort of become illegal. Astroturfing, are we aware of that term? Well, go, explain it to those who aren't. Okay. Astroturfing is fake grassroots. So going around and... You know, if I create a blog site tomorrow, then I go and get a hundred. I go and pay a hundred students to come and contribute to the blog site, and all tell me it's brilliant. So, for instance, this, the all I want for Christmas is a Sony PSP campaign that Sony did, um, which got called out and, and found out. You know, in a few years, that kind of behaviour will be illegal. So basically, pretend, um, uh, uh, sort of planting planting people in yeah. forums to pretend to be enthusiastic about products because they're being paid to say yeah. that. Planting, you know, fake grassroots, hence the term astroturfing. Ah, uh, got it. Okay. So, uh, and uh, this guy was saying to me, um, he said, you know, he said you just said to retire bloggers, but you know, astroturfing is going to be illegal. And I'm like, well, look, you know, I'm upfront about who I am and who I work for and where I blog and what I do. I always sign off all of my stuff with, by the way, I, I blog for Spinbox and this is what I do for Spinbox, etc., etc. So, you know, there's no, there's never any smoke and mirrors of what I do at all. Yes, yeah, and people can and read. That's people- paramount. People yeah, I'd imagine read. the problem with astroturfing is that these people are saying uh, that they're empl- then that, that they love that stuff, and they're not saying they're employed by it. If you're open and transparent, there shouldn't be a problem. But I think the, the, maybe the message is that if you're a company looking for act- to access bloggers, well, drop you in a note at you and at smstextnews.com and and try and engage with the community. And we are going to try and write up as many events as we can over the next couple of weeks. I've got two or three that I'm attending, and we'll write up as I as I go around. The SMS Text News Podcast. Live and direct from London, England. Well, okay, so Dan, uh, on a bit of a change of tack, you said you wanted to talk about spookcall.com, and this is something that I saw very briefly, but I haven't had a look at. So can you give us a bit of background on what that is and why it's been in the news this week? Okay. um, Earlier this week, I found out about a company called Spookcall, who had started up in the UK. Um, Quite a shady operation by the looks of things. Um, They started out in the States and came over here, and they do 
caller ID spoofing for the end user. So this is faking the outgoing. The yeah, outgoing the number. example, the examples. One of the examples they gave was I called my mate and told him I had, he'd won the lottery. I pretend, I set my number to that of the lottery, so when he looked at it, it he thought he believed me. Went out and bought an expensive bottle of champagne and was trying to call his boss to tell him where to shove his job. Now, uh, these things annoy me so much. Not only because it's, they can, they're really only useful for for pranking people, but because uh, you know there are so many services that rely on caller ID, and the fact that people, especially in the UK, are conditioned to implicitly trust caller ID. Now, from a technical point of view, um, should should we trust caller ID? I mean, is there any reason why is there any reason to trust the number I see on my phone when somebody calls me? God no. So no, you shouldn't implicitly trust uh, caller ID. It's um, it's not actually uh, illegal. There's no um, specific law or regulation that says you must uh, must be truthful with caller ID. It's all down to interpretation of existing laws. I mean, there there is one um, that I, I pointed out to someone while we were discussing whether or not spook call was legal in the UK, which said that um, it's an offence to. Um, to send any communication, electronic or otherwise, that um, is designed to uh, deceive. So, therefore, I'm sending you deceptive caller ID. It's all down to the interpretation of a judge, basically, at that point. It sounds, so, it, it, sounds like it really needs to be um, made into um, uh, either some kind of law or Ofcom need to step up and uh, say it's illegal. It sounds like there's a test case waiting to happen there. Definitely, definitely. I mean... Uh, I think the reason uh, uh, we, we should probably mention that um, I was going to have a big long rant about this today, but Spook Call actually shut down um, either last yesterday or today, um, based on mounting pressure to Ofcom to have them removed. Uh, so, so they're actually yeah, so it's kind now. of a kind of a victory there, but it is quite hollow in that we still don't have any uh, any regulation in in place to stop this. Okay, so Dan, the thing that's confusing me about Spook Call is. Yeah, that's a, that's a service that doesn't appear to have any really positive ways to use it, but there's plenty of occasions when I might want to change my CLI. For example, when I want to make a call from one of the other handsets I own and I want to give people a, a CLI they recognise, or if I'm calling, my mobile battery's run out and I'm calling from a landline, but I want people to recognise it's a call from me. Um, you know, So why why hasn't this service, kind of service ever been used for good? Um, well, that's that's the trouble, is that um, there, are ver there are a lot of legitimate uses for um, caller ID spoofing or just even setting outbound caller ID to whatever you want. Unfortunately, if you did put that in the hands of everyone, they would abuse it, and then the whole caller ID system becomes completely pointless because you never really know who's calling. So are we are we perhaps coming to the conclusion that we we'd like it but regulated or controlled, or is that but, not yeah, a really workable solution? The, the 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 trouble is it's difficult to regulate and and control um, without just saying you you have to be a telco to be able to set outbound caller ID. Now, for example, if I wanted to set outbound caller ID now, I can do so. Um, but we're a telco, so we can do that. Um, if yeah. you've got an office with an ISDN line, you can ask, say it's a BT ISDN line, you can ask your BT account manager to set the caller ID for all the lines on that to go back to one of the lines. Yes. So, for example, if you, I'm, sure, I'm sure you've been in an office where you call out and someone replies, returns your call and it goes back to the secretary. Yes. That's that's you know that's what's available to the end user today. Um, yeah. Because that's the best compromise, because then 
whoever's sending the caller ID has to check and make sure that that is one of your pool of numbers. In the US, caller ID spoofing has been around for quite a while, and they've recently moved to introduce legislation over there to stop it. Um, but this is how um, you'll have heard quite a while ago that a lot of celebrities had their sidekicks hacked. And what they basically did is they uh, found out one celebrity's mobile number, um, spoofed it and called into the voicemail service, and changed their PIN number, which also changed their access number on the website, which let them log in and, uh, of course, the sidekick uploads all the photos and everything straight onto the website so they can view it. So, so really, we're 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 not a fan of uh, of unrestricted uh, caller call line identity spoofing. Yeah, they need they need to bring in some kind of legislation. Otherwise, it's just going to get ridiculous. It is. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's good that this company saw the light and shut down with uh, the impending doom that Ofcom were going to bring down on them. But you know, Ofcom really need to step up and say, look, uh, there, here's a sp specific regulation that stops caller ID spoofing. And to be honest, if they do that, it would probably make it more difficult for us as a telco to operate because we'd probably have to go through a lot jump through a lot more hoops to do what we do with caller ID spoofing but if that's what it takes to keep things uh, trustworthy then you know so be it okay Dan so you wanted to also talk about the jawbone 2 which you've taken away and you've been testing yeah um took one away after the recording of last week's podcast and I've been using it all week um yeah not not that impressed to be honest um, the big selling point of the jawbone is, of course, the uh, noise assassin feature. And, uh, well, it just doesn't seem to do that great a job of uh, of making me audible over background noise. But it's a noise assassin, right? So it comes with, like, ninja stars and stuff. Yeah, it's a noise assassin. It's not It's not like a, a noise hitman. It's an assassin. I, I noise cancellation. I think it's ironic that I can barely hear James over the background noise as he talks about noise assassin. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> So I did, I did a couple of real-world tests, or I, I think a real-world test. So I sat at my desk, and first of all, I played some loud music. And it was synced with my iPhone. Um, so I was, I was talking through the iPhone and recording the call. Um, and I'll, uh, I'll I'll give these to, to Ben or Ewan to put up on the site. But you can plainly hear, you know, the noise-cancelling features working, and you can hear me, but I sound very, very tinny. And there's a lot of, a lot of the range of my voice is being cut off. Uh, very robotic as well. And what I actually found repeatedly was that... Sorry. Dan Lane, who has metal in his face and an RFID chip in his wrist, sounds robotic. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for your contribution, James. So, um, Sorry, carry on. <laughs> so what, I, what I found was that the iPhone actually did a better job of making me sound audible over the background noise. And it didn't do a better job of blocking out the background noise but I sounded a lot clearer, so it was a lot more tolerable. So, so basically, if you were receiving a call, you'd pr almost prefer to hear a bit of the background noise, but have you have your voice be clearer to, to listen to? Yes. Yeah, the background noise would be annoying, but people could actually understand what I'm saying. And I, I repeated this test with some music playing in the background. I was sat by the air conditioner, and then another one, I was sat by some very large turbine engines on the back of a boat. Um, and repeatedly, the iPhone sounded clearer. And there was one situation um, that I recorded, and a couple of times when I was using it as a, as a for, for normal calls, where the jawbone hadn't, uh, the sensor on it hadn't rested on my face properly, and you really couldn't hear anything I was saying. Okay, so well, that, I, I guess that's a bit disappointing. I, I've also been, I've also been using it, um, maybe slightly more successfully than, than you. I have, I, I, 
I, I haven't had anyone complain about it, but also I haven't been recording many of the calls to uh, to see how it sounds. But I've, I think of, of about a week's worth of call, I've only had one person comment that I sound a bit odd when I was out and about in a noisy environment. Yeah, um, one of the things is if you're in a quiet room, it performs fantastically. But, but it's there just again, when the noise assassin features kick in yeah, that, it, that it has trouble. If you're in a quiet room, you're relatively unlikely to, to want the, the, the noise assassin exactly. feature. There, anyway, are, there are plenty of nice Bluetooth headsets out there that don't have noise assassin that don't cost 100 quid. Okay, so we should probably talk about the fact that you can win one of these. Having having said that so far we're, we're <laughs> struggling to be enthusiastic about it, last week we set a uh, competition to say if you posted a video, although... I think it was any you know any picture or some kind of video yeah, or kind audio of, to yeah. explain why you uh, you need a jawbone. So I think the, the the best thing to do would be to let somebody win one of these, have it for free. We'll we'll ship it out to you, and then perhaps we'll ask um, somebody, a couple of people, to uh, you know, to sort of give us their opinions of them as well, um, and uh, and, we'll, and we'll see how that goes. But so um, if you're thinking of, if you're thinking of buying one at the moment, why don't you uh, why don't you ha- see if you can win one for free and give it a test out to see if it uh, if it really works for you or not. So anyway, um, we're going to extend that competition one more week partially because uh, Ewan's gone off to his desert island with all the entries in his email inbox and partially because we like to give everyone a chance to win one, but mostly the first reason. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, send us send us the thing while you need a jawbone and we'll send you one and you can then give us your opinion if you want to. Okay, so we should move on. Uh, we wanted just briefly to mention mobile drinks. Uh, I'm sorry, unlimited drinks this week. It happened on Tuesday. Um, I think a good time had by all. An absolutely packed room. Uh, well over 160 people there, I think. James I think it was the, the, the busiest one yet, actually, wasn't it? It Definitely, was yeah. absolutely rammed. There was a camera crew there doing a bit of filming as well, so chances are you might see my slightly sweaty mug. Oh, there, there are going to be some embarrassing videos on there. Yeah, I, 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 I've seen Ewan's Flickr stream. I know Ewan's writing this up. He had a stack of cards, frankly, you could choke on. Um, and he was... He oh, I haven't, I haven't seen any of the photos. I forgot about that. I'll have to look at his Flickr stream. Yep, so... Which uh, is, uh, of course, flickr.com slash news. Absolutely, and I think Ewan's going to... Use Include those in his write-up post. So if you haven't, if you don't have a, uh, access to the Flickr stream or you, you haven't got time to be looking at it, you and all pick and choose some of the best pictures. I think to go on that post. But yeah, the, the, the can I give a big shout? Can I give a little bit of a shout out to? Um, I know it's a bit too early to do shout outs, but uh, Justin, the guy from Nine to Ten, I met him. I met him on the Tuesday of the SMS text news rings, and then he was there on the Wednesday at the Mobile World Summit doing some um, doing one of the panel sessions. Really, really bright guy. Um, yeah, really knows his stuff. So I just thought I'd Yeah, Justin, Justin is, a, is a great, great talent. Well, absolutely. And, and I, I really enjoyed the uh, the special edition podcast that, that you and did with them. So I guess we should uh, thank 9010 as a firm who um, I think uh, sponsored the event. So probably responsible for a good number of the unlimited drinks that I had that evening. Um, I met some really interesting people. I guess we can mention a few of them in in, in the shout outs, but watch out for that write up. And um, James, uh, I think you've got an event coming up soon for anyone who missed Unlimited Drinks but wants to. Uh... Yeah, uh, Mobile Geeks of London 4 uh, is scheduled for the 31st of July, um, and it will be uh, all bar one on New Oxford Street. Um, I don't have a website or anything like that. I haven't blogged about it yet. There's a Facebook group. Um, I suppose I should do a, a lead-up post. I probably will do a lead-up post uh, towards the end of this month. But um, sure, already, sure literally, yeah, but already um, I've had 90 people say yes and about 70 maybes. And given that I've only got about 100, room for about 150 people, I'm pretty much already there. But 
if you don't know about Mobile Geeks of London, um, join the Facebook group and come along to the event. Um, the last the last one we did in the UK was really successful. Uh, the last one we did full stop was in Las Vegas at CTIA. Um, again, really, really successful. And um, looking forward to the next one, yeah. So come on down. If you missed unlimited drinks, unfortunately my drinks aren't unlimited. You come along, you buy your own beer. <laughs> I was going to say, have you have you sold out and got a sponsor yet? Or, uh, nope. or do we still have to buy our own drinks? We'll have to buy your own drinks. Um, and it's... It's no disrespect to Ewan. Ewan's event is, is perfect for what he does. Um, but my event is, uh, you know, you come buy your own beer, you know, you, that way I know the reason you're there. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? And it's, you know, you don't have to be from the industry. You just have to geek stuff about mobile and it's industry and non-industry folk who get together and can, you know, share and geek out, I suppose. And you get to see some really cool stuff. Um, like load of stealth mode stuff. Do you know what I mean? And, and that's the thing. If you're going to spend uh, social time with James Watley, you should get used to buying your own drinks, shouldn't you? <laughs> Thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks, mate. It was. It was. I have to say, no. Both, both, both the uh, the unlimited drinks and the the mobile gigs of London I've been to before been excellent events, and it's really nice to go into a place where um, you can just be somebody who's interested and, and and chat to any other anybody else who's interested. And you know, I mean, for example, at Ewan's event, I got some great time chatting with guys who you know sort of work in the in the real guts of the mobile industry who were just perfectly happy to chat about it. And um, you know, I didn't need to have a a reason to be interested other than other than my own interest and they were happy to explain it to you and that's that a really unique experience otherwise so um while we're talking about ewan and his events in his absence the reason ewan isn't on the call today is because he is headed off to his desert island if you've been reading the site recently um you'll know that uh there's a he's put a number of posts up now with all the various bits of technology he's taking off to this desert island i think there's a satellite phone there's a couple of um solar rechargers i think there's some slim uh he's got a slim Dell notebook and uh, various other various various other bits and pieces. So he's going to be posting and blogging from from the island. I think he has um, I think he has Wi-Fi coverage, which doesn't doesn't sound much like a particularly remote desert island to me. But he <laughs> but he's also got an array of other toys with him. Uh, some of them up on the site. But uh, watch the site this week. Certainly, I, I particularly enjoyed the video of the trying to use the satellite phone inside today. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a particularly good one. So yeah, watch this site, and also we will maybe try and have um, you and dial in or do a special feature from the desert island on his satellite phone, which we'll cut into next week's podcast. So be sure to be listening out next Monday. Um, okay, we should move on. Um, Dan, you had something that you wanted to talk about that Jay was doing. Yeah, um, I am lucky to work with probably one of the most talented people I've ever met, uh, which would be uh, Jay Fenton. Um, who is actually doing a talk on the 26th of June um, at an event called Erlang Exchange. Uh, you can read more about that at erlang-exchange.com. Uh, Erlang is basically the language of telecommunications. If you're making a telephone call, chances are your voice is travelling through a device that's powered or written by or in Erlang. Um, so if you're interested in uh, learning more about sort of how that language works, then uh, check out his uh, his talk. Okay, Dan, so last thing before we go to things of the week, tell us about the Nokia 6124 Classic that you were getting excited about. Uh, yeah, not actually me getting excited about it, but I posted on Jaiki before, uh, before we started recording and said, has anyone got anything that they think is exciting that we should talk about? And Vlad came back with uh, the Nokia 6124 Classic. Now, most of the mobile geeks who uh, follow my Jaiki or maybe listen to his podcast probably won't be that excited about this handset, but 
Vlad does have very good reason to be excited about it because it's a Series 60 third edition handset exclusive to Vodafone that's available for free on even the cheapest Vodafone contract. So he says it may well be the smartphone for the masses. Uh, and I think that's great that um, all the Series 60 developers now have uh, the ability to give their apps to the latest handset that the um, end users have uh, got their hands on for free. Absolutely. The low barrier to entry, isn't it, as soon as you get that price point down? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you can go to Vodafone and sign up on a £15 a month, 18-month contract, and they'll just give you the this handset. And it's just, you know, the same as any other Series 60 third edition handset. I think the other thing I did notice about it, though, is it's a feature pack 2 device, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. And, well, that is interesting. And, of course, Feature Pack 2 is a relatively recent release and has a number of sort of quite good enhancements that really uh, make uh, make Series 60 a bit a bit closer to what it ought to be. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, that's that, cool. That, that would be, that's a real step forward, especially Feature Pack 2. Well, I'll which, definitely take a look at it now. Okay, so we should move on from that then. Um, any shout-outs from you guys? James, first. Uh, Crystal, because um, I missed her a couple of weeks ago over in Canada, and also Craig from fredstalent.com. Craig's a good friend of mine, and uh, he asked me ages ago to give him a shout-out, and I kept forgetting. So uh, if you're listening, Craig, big shout-out, mate. Excellent. Uh, Dan? Uh, none from me at the uh, time I switched off my instant messenger. You are, uh, you're you're steadfastly refusing to become involved in the shout-out. <laughs> <laughs> cool. can, yeah. can I have a shout-out to Vodafone as well, by the way? I, uh, I broke my N95 again this week, and I have a, I'm now to... My E65, um, sorry, and Tarek, Tarek Esbar, big shout out to him, because my N95 broke on Wednesday. Thursday, Tarek just happened to have a spare E65 on him and lent it to me, and then sent me a new N95 today. So you seem to get through N95s like I get through socks, mate. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, um, it's, it's like it's disposable, do you know what I mean? Disposable, uh, disposable, uh, disposable assets. And so is, is this the first time you've broken your N95 and it's not taken three weeks of moaning on a blog to get it uh, resolved satisfactorily? No, 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 no. Vodafone are normally very good, which is why I kicked up a stink when I didn't get it right. Okay. So um, only two shouts from me this week, I think. I just wanted to say hello to Chris and Helen from the LG blog, who I met at uh, the Unlimited Drinks. And I just really wanted to highlight um, LG blog. Uh, because it's really nice to see one of the other uh, manufacturers doing a blogger outreach, doing a, a sort of a consumer outreach uh, blog, uh, other than the One World guys, who obviously do a cracking job for Nokia, but have become so you know so visible and so widespread, we rather take them for granted. And so it's really nice I to see LG doing that. I mentioned LG actually at the uh, the digital influ- influencer panel yesterday, um, because you know we were we, uh, you and I were invited along to the LG Secret launch. Um, the LG Secret, not a handset for me, but I changed my opinion of their brand and my relationship and vision of their brand, visibility of their brand, changed because they suddenly highlighted the importance of having a blog as launch as it were. And, you know, I used an example yesterday when I was trying to demonstrate how important it is to relate to bloggers and to get them on site when releasing new products. So, um, stuff or things of the week, uh, James Watley first. Uh, given the crazy week that I've had, um, I would actually say there was the E65, Nokia E65. Um, never used the handset before. Been aware of it, been a fan of it. Uh, but as I said, Tarek lent me one yesterday um, and been really, really impressed with it. I mean, the industrial design on an E-series anyway has it always been quite sturdy. I mean, my, my business phone is an E61i. Um, but I, I got my new N95 this morning about 10 o'clock and literally I only swapped the SIM cards over 
on this podcast when the battery went down on my E65 because I was in no rush. I actually enjoyed using the E65. So if you're looking for a, they're probably quite cheap now. You've got the E66 and the E71 coming out soon. So if you want a decent business phone, I'd take a serious look at the E65. It's a lovely little handset. Yeah, the, the E65 is a is a nice handset, but as you said, it's getting on a bit. Um, it, it was sort of from the era of the E61i, um, but the main advantage it has over all the other handsets the Nokia put out is it has this amazing sliding mechanism that just feels like it's a piece of quality. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't understand why they didn't put such a decent sliding mechanism on the N95. So, um, okay, th- so that was uh, James's thing of the week. Uh, Dan? Oh, actually, can I interject? Sorry. You already I'm, have. I'm going on the, M- I'm on the M4 right now, right? And I'm going past a Vodafone advert saying, don't get left in the dark, unlimited Facebook on Vodafone, make the most of now, right? Yes. What happened this week, which I've been meaning to blog about, and I think I will blog about this, um, Judy Dench said the word Facebook on television this week. Dame, du- Dame Judy Dench said the word Facebook on television this week. Right. Actually, um, a fr- uh, speaking of, uh, I presume where you're going with this is that Facebook has reached uh, you know, the sort of levels where Dame Judy Dench is mentioning it on the television. No, no, James, um, the thing is Dame Judy Dench has the voiceover for the Vodafone adverts, right? Which means right. Vodafone now are happy for you to go off portal and to the point where they're advertising another service which isn't their own and saying, use, that, use this pipe, use our pipe, and we'll let you get to where you want to go. And oh, what are they advertising, happy. though? Are they advertising unlimited Facebook or are they advertising that you now get uh, an unlimited with fair use uh, amount of data? Well, I mean, I was—I I, I think I was laying—I was laying on the. I remember I was laying on the lounge floor on my laptop. I was doing some work. You were laying on your laptop. Laying on the floor, and I just ha- heard in the background. I just heard the word face, and I was like, it just dawned on me this moment. All of a sudden, that—that that to me just summed it all up. Facebook A has been said on television, and B said by Dame Judi Dench on a sudden Vodafone advert. I mean, it's shocking. Well, but no one seems to have noticed. There's a massive seismic change there. It's huge. I remember a few podcasts back, Dan Lane, you said, um, for any operator listening right now, you're a pipe, get over it. Yeah. And um, we're recognizing the pipe and saying, in fact, use this pipe, because this is the pipe you're going to use to get to Facebook, and we won't charge you that much. It is a step in the right direction, but I think it's quite confusing. Um, it is, yeah, about what, what About what, the, what it is they're actually selling. I mean, if I go to Facebook, is, I, I pr- I'm, I'm pretty sure that's included, but if I go to Facebook and something links to something on slide.com, who do a lot of the Facebook apps, does that data count? Yeah. It's, mm. it's, you know, it's limiting it to one site just is, is enough to put me off. It's not limited to one site, though, is it? It's 500 meg of their data or whatever. They're unlimited data. But, on if advertise, but if that's what they're actually advertising, then please just come out and say, you know, you're getting unlimited data, so you can look at things like Facebook. Don't specifically say... Hey, Facebook. Vodafone had a, a, a complaint against their advertising, admittedly advertising for the old 120 meg unlimited tariff upheld this week because of the phraseology it used, which I think was something along the lines of any website, any time. And yeah. um, they, they, got, they, they got slapped down for that. And I think that's it's strange that an advert like that, which it was judged to be misleading, but really seems to be really on the fringes well, of misleading. It's a lot less misleading than, you know, unlimited data or unlimited this, that. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, I, I'd really like to reclaim the word unlimited for its true meaning, you know, like, mm. we, we, you know, without limit. And, you know, a, a no, no fair use policy, no restriction, no particular site. If it's unlimited, n- there are no limits that apply. And if there's limits that, yeah, apply, exactly. if there's limits that apply, tell the consumers what they are, because unlimited... So, 
Unlimited with a little star is really, um, you know, is misleading. And the trouble is, even you know, even my favourite operators, you know, even the th- even three who I have a huge amount of respect for in all the other tariffs they do and the you know the innovation they come up with, they use this word as well, and it drives me spare because yep. you know consumers are just not trusting the word unlimited anymore. So, but you'll notice that three have have stepped away from the unlimited word in their new mobile broadband offerings. They don't do unlimited mobile broadband, as far as I'm aware. No, they don't. Although mm. I don't think I think that the nuance there, though, is as well that it's not one gig, one gigabyte, or three gigabytes fair use. It's one gigabyte actual available because people yeah. people may exceed those amounts when when plugged into a laptop. Whereas on mobile, you get the fair use because it's so difficult for people to use those volumes, and therefore, you know, it, it is able to spread it around because on average, you know, only people who they consider to be abusing the service um, would exceed those volumes. Uh, after the week, Dan, after the week, come on. Um, after, after the week, week, again, I didn't really have much in the, in the way of after the week, so I opened it up to JQ and got two suggestions. The first is, I think it's called JBAC Taskman, which is a free alternative to Handy Taskman, which I think we may have mentioned as one of our apps of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Handy Taskman is brilliant, but JBAC Taskman is... Uh, pretty much a clone of that with with some extra features added in that might be appealing to uh, app developers, things like Well, maybe that. one of us should uh, give it a go to it this week and then review it next week. No, I tried it earlier today. Uh, well, oh, I, tried, I, I had a quick half-hour play with it before the podcast. Uh, and it mm. does, seem, does seem to do everything that Handy Taskman does, but without the $20 charge. So, uh, good recommendation <laughs> there from Vlad. Cool. Um, and the other one which I haven't tried was Magic Key, which was recommended by uh, Ricky Cadden. Um, which apparently lets you remap the buttons on an S60 handset. But since it doesn't seem to have its own web page, um, I couldn't really try it. So, having Okay, Ben, app of the week? So, well, it, yeah, app of the week, it's, it's more of a thing of the week this week, and I've chosen Zimbra. Um, quite a lot of techies will be familiar with this, but basically this is along the lines of... Um, this week, uh, Apple talked a lot about Exchange for the rest of us. Um, they, they mentioned the fact that uh, Microsoft's Exchange server is becoming the standard in, corp- in the corporate world for holding your email, holding your contacts, and holding your diary. And now, uh, with, with the, uh, the, the over-the-air services that Microsoft offer with that product, it allows phones, uh, Nokia phones with the appropriate clients, or Microsoft uh, uh, Windows mobile clients to um, receive, synchronize, to synchronize back with the server. You can also synchronize with the BlackBerry if you have the uh, proper Black, BlackBerry service. But the point is that now it's beginning to get some traction in the consumer market. That, that means that there's going to be some small businesses who really want to take advantage of um, the, that kind of tool, but don't want to pay the relatively large cost associated with owning a Microsoft Exchange server, because of course you know you do have to buy the software from Microsoft. So Zimbra is a open source, although commercially available product. Um, that actually offers the same um, over-the-air synchronization interface as Exchange Server. So if you don't want an Exchange Server, you can use Zimbra instead. And the great thing about that is, um, even though obviously there's some cost in buying the more advanced versions that include that, the people who resell these services to small and medium-sized firms actually can do it at a lower price. So it's quite affordable now for just a few pounds a month to go and get Zimbra-hosted accounts, which, in my experience, are about half to two-thirds of the price of Exchange-hosted accounts. I just, I, uh, just moving on from that quickly. I just, I just got out of the car uh, you, at Lake Station. You can't tell. You really can't tell. <laughs> no, no, no. And um, I realised I started talking. The, I start, when I started the uh, podcast with you guys, I was at the Spinbox HQ. Then I got in my boss's car. He then drove me down the M4 and got me to uh, Mortlake Station, where I'm now waiting for a train to take me back to Teddington, where I live. I think next time we do this, if there is a next time, 
So maybe I should turn on my GPS tracking, and then I could have used Nokia Sports Tracker, and you could have seen the route I took while I was doing the podcast. That'd have been awesome. But then, but then you would have dropped out at least three more times as your bounty went flat. <laughs> I mean, hope, point, hopefully, well, hopefully next week. Um, I think you and still in his desert island paradise while we're in the sweaty city. Um, we'll have a proper venue. Okay, so thanks very much for listening. Uh, thanks for putting up with the uh, slightly unusual circumstances this week, and uh, we hope you join us next week when we hopefully will have you and McLeod on the line from his desert location, probably not boasting or sounding rightly smug. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on smstextnews.com. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time.